Welcome to the Minimum Viable Podcast, a project of the Defense Entrepreneurs Forum. Our mission is to inspire, connect, and empower people in order to promote a culture of innovation in the U.S. national security community. You can learn more about DEF and get involved at DEF.org. That's D-E-F dot O-R-G. We look forward to your ideas and are excited to connect you with other doers working on hard problems. All right, welcome to another weekly wrap-up episode on this fine Wednesday, the 23rd of September. We're your hosts, Mike Madrid and Mike Picota, here to deliver you a wrap-up of what's going on around the Defense Entrepreneurs Forum over the past week. In this segment, we'll cover things happening all over the deaf community, from all the different ways members are interacting with each other throughout the organization as a whole. So we hope you, this is gonna be easily easy for you to digest. We hope this is useful week to week. And don't forget, that really this is all about encouraging everybody and getting each other more involved. So as this progresses, if you have any input for future episodes, don't forget to hop over to the Slack channel called Feedback and let us know how we can improve this or include content you may wish to do. With that, Mike, I, let's kick it over to you for the new members this week. Yeah, we like to, to start each episode by welcoming those who joined in the past week uh, to our deaf community. So. A big warm welcome to Zachary Herrick, Lucy Wang, Lauren Badula, Simon Isaacs, Oscar Lee, Sherman Williams, Guy Jesse, Erica Salmers, Dana Sanford, John McRae, Antonio Tierno, James Hobson, Jordan Levine, Daniel Selly, Amanda Parrish, Noah Rollins, Sarah Mills, and Isaac Riddle. Some really great names in there, people from all over the country and all sorts of different uh, walks of life. Uh, joining this past week, I, I am running a gauntlet of pronunciation, but uh, I'm really stoked to recognize some of those names, but also meet a lot of new people. And also, as we do on the weekly wrap-up, I want to spotlight a volunteer. And last week, my co-host, Mike, um, put me on the spot uh, as a surprise uh, guest interview person. So now I'm putting him on the spot as our, our volunteer in the spotlight because he has, I tell this story every so often, he has really just stepped up. It was his idea in the first place to do this wrap-up to help people kind of get a, a digest of things happening around death and, and the Slack. And uh, I said it was a great idea and I put it to him, I was like, would you be willing to, to jump in and help do that? And he didn't miss a beat. And, and so here he is, he's been co-hosting from day one and he's actually uh, volunteering on the national team and the communications uh, sub team helping to put together Def's comm. So uh, Mike, I'm gonna ask you two quick questions. Um, if you could answer them where you're from and a little bit of your career history. Oh man, well, First off, I'm glad this is the week my camera isn't working. Uh, so no blushing on this side of the camera. But um, so originally I'm from the California Bay Area, specifically Dublin. Um, then I joined the Navy and went all over. So after talking about the career history, I was in the Navy for 11 years. I uh, jumped through stations at Mayport, Jacksonville, Florida. Finally ended my time up here in Maryland. Um, I had a unique progression there where I was in, I was interested in additive manufacturing and 3D printing as a hobby. Uh, transitioned that over as I started to meet people in NavAir and now since, uh, ooh, good gosh, around February of 2015, I've been doing it full time. So I help out and uh, support the NavAir additive manufacturing and digital thread team. And we help the fleet uh, implement additive manufacturing throughout it for both the Navy and the Marine Corps. It's unique, it's fun, it's interesting, and yeah, thanks for the surprise, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't prep him for that ahead of time. 
Um, but uh, love that you shared about additive manufacturing and 3D printing. Many will probably remember the, the 3D printing station you gave a hands-on experience at DEF 2019. Um, so uh, awesome to, to be co-hosting this with you. And again, you're, you embody that um, willingness to jump in and serve that we uh, value so much among our volunteers. Um, and so on that, you know, we are always recruiting for, for passionate people. So if you're interested in stepping up, then head over to, to def.org slash join and join the volunteer team. All right, uh, I'll hand it over to you, Mike, for your segment um, for a quick uh, wrap up of news from around the community. Sounds good. So this news is primarily compiled from our diverse Slack channels and different uh, LinkedIn feeds and such. So uh, hitting it again, don't forget to ask us and comment on inside of Slack at any time when you see something you want us to highlight. Out in the events channel, uh, as which has been interesting throughout COVID-19, there's some good stuff going there. Uh, the NASA administration is discussing collaboration with the U.S. Air or Space Force, the recently established Space Force. So for a lot of us, I think that's something we've been curious about. There's a really nice article discussing that and what could or might not happen. There's also the beginning of the second ever TEDxDAU that kicked off today. Mike, I think you're going to elaborate on that more, but it's a wonderful event, good people. Um, and I think it's really, really so far a successful thing. Can't wait for you to talk about it more. Out in uh, same channel in events, the, there's a DevOps experience for 2020 Virtual Summit coming up in October 22nd. And uh, Mike, you know what's interesting about it? DevOps is one of those terms that you hear in the community over and over. And I actually gave it a quick Google and wanted to educate myself. I had made assumptions on what I thought it was. So if anyone's interested in that event, DevOps is a set, set of practices that combine software development and IT operations. It aims to shorten the system development life cycle and provide continuous delivery with high software quality. Just one of those things I've always heard, might as well use it as a time to look it up. So also knowledge for myself and hopefully others. Out in jobs, uh, this is one of the most interesting jobs I've seen posted in there. Uh, the director of the International Space Station. So if anybody ever grew up putting on little space helmets and pretending you were an astronaut, there's actually a job posting as the director of the ISS. Uh, jobs is also a wonderful opportunity to bring people into DEF. So if you know anybody that's been impacted or affected by COVID-19, there's a ton of jobs posted every single week. So bring them into DEF, introduce them to the channel, and they can see what's going on in this unique space. Out in the Air Force channel, uh, there's a nice conversation going with folks talking about not going back to what used to be the norm. Telework is here to stay, and it looks like the Air Force specifically is leading up that effort. So uh, it's nice, at least inside my communities, it seems like that is the real reality. People are seeing the benefit, and there's a real nice piece there for people to read. Out in startups or investors, I think this is probably going to be our last week mentioning it, Mike, but there's a public spend forum survey discussing barriers to entry. This is really quick, it's five minutes, and it's helping to contribute to what hopefully is the most comprehensive global effort uh, between academics, practitioners, and leaders for improving the ability of companies to work within the government. It's asking what, what do you assume are barriers to entry and really capturing a lot of those things that all of us think we know. Um, it's, it's real important for people, so hopefully everyone can jump on in. Uh, and then finally, out in the acquisitions channel, there was a wonderful document. I actually downloaded it and I've been reading it. And it's a government guide to SBIR. 
So uh, it's a nice little link. It was something that was posted uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, it was just mentioned again, but for anybody, it's a nice PDF and a quick read. It doesn't just apply to government folks. It really is giving a nice diverse look at what are SBIRs, how do they benefit the government, and how do the different roles people play inside of them uh, affect either a submission or any of that jazz. So well worth a look. Once again, that was in the acquisitions channel. So going to transition into what we call the channel of the week. Um, today, we're going to cover the software encoding channel. This is a recent change. It used to be called DefCode, as I was recently informed 15 minutes ago. So this is a nice channel for developers and entrepreneurs inside of this national security and defense sector uh, to just have general conversations about DevOps and other little things in that community. So it's wonderful. I really uh, support that change where, you know, DefCode's a little curious, not really on the nose. Software encoding is where people like that want to be and bring those conversations. So I think it's enough of me rambling, Mike. Let's head off to you for other events going on around Def. Thanks. And before I jump into sort of the organizational updates, a couple of threads I wanted to pull. You know, when when I saw in the in our planning uh, doc that you put the the director of ISS, I, I thought you were pulling a prank. So I went and checked the Slack channel, but that is that is an actual job posting there. And um, and also it's funny that you bring up DevOps and that you um, I love how you <laughs> talked about that. And, uh, and it's funny that you also spotlight the, the channel of the week being software encoding uh, in consideration of who our guest is. Um, so I'm going to go quickly, hopefully, through, through my section because I'm looking forward to that conversation. Uh, but you also mentioned TEDxDAU, and I, I did just want to shout out to the organizers. It's been a great event today, um, and you can tell a lot of work was put into it. Um, and it's a fun fact for, for the deaf community. You know, last year, the first uh, time that DAU put on a TEDx, Two of those speakers were uh, deaf board members, Jen Savada and Ian Aishan. And this year, 2020, two of the speakers are again board members, and that's Ivana Hugh and Megan Metzger. Um, so it's fun to talk about that and to see them up there. And uh, additionally, in the lineup, there's a lot of actually big time deaf members um, like Zach Tyson, uh, Luke Chavreau, and Ryan Connell. So great to hear their, their talks today. Um, I was glad to be able to, to dial in and um, you know, really think it's awesome that DAU is putting on programming like that. So speaking of events, um, there's always a ton to talk about for DEF. You know, this past week, we, we met the DC Agora hosted Jordan Levine uh, last night to talk about um, the analytics edge and national security. Uh, hopefully that recording will be going up on our podcast. This was a great conversation. Um, the Cornerstones program, one of our member-driven projects, uh, did a boot camp training on financial models. Um, and they actually had to reschedule that because of a technical difficulty. So appreciate the the people who bore with that, but I think uh, hopefully even more people were able to join uh, when it was rescheduled. There's a, another event within Cornerstones planned for uh, later this month, and that's uh, the topic of that is product and service pricing. So again, Cornerstones is really trying to focus on the segment of our community that are startups and emerging companies and entrepreneurs and put on, you know, real tactical level, practical training, um, not specifically not high level, specifically um, in the weeds, what do you need to know, what do you need to do? And uh, our member and volunteer, Jed, who's been leading that up, has just lined up a lot of great content, a lot of great subject matter experts. Um, so I encourage you to check those events out um, or listen to the recordings on the podcast. Happening tonight, and you know that this will be uh, past an opening for those who listen to the recording, but it's still worth talking about. The XWork project um, is continuing tonight. Another coalition member hosts a workshop, and that's uh, James Madison University X Labs. Um, and our, our point of contact there, Nick Swain, has been a great partner. Um, the facilitator tonight is, is the one and only Daniel Holter, who people know and love. 
And uh, it's really exciting because I think we're moving from, you know, a real content generation phase uh, where people are, are doing convergent and divergent thinking to come up with a ton of ideas and insights. And we're starting to shape that into a tangible product that we'll deliver later this October. Um, so really looking forward to that and the, the continuation of those uh, X work project workshops. Um, and I'll also highlight uh, the New York City Agora. Um, they're getting together in early October. You can, you can sign up now and they're hosting Karen Roth of the Air Force Research Labs Innovation Initiatives. Um, and then there's actually a brand new Agora getting started in Silicon Slopes that's outside uh, Salt Lake City in Utah. It's led on the ground by Yale Min. He's putting together a brand new Agora there and they're having their first event on the 28th of October. So I'm personally looking forward to seeing the momentum build there um, in that scene in that local community and uh, encourage you to join if you can. Um, while talking about events, uh, I of course have to mention DEF 2020, our annual conference is coming up on the 23rd of October and those tickets are now available. We're looking forward to uh, a great day of distributed content. Um, instead of the traditional three days over the weekend, you know, we've condensed it to one day and uh, our, our volunteer team has been working tirelessly to bring speakers like Franz Johansson and others and uh, make it also interactive and really dynamic. So get your ticket for that today. Looking forward to seeing the whole community there. The last bit of uh, big organizational news I have um, is a, a real exciting bit about a new collaboration partnership um, that we just announced. You may have seen it on, on social media or otherwise, and that's with Second Front Systems. And those who are at uh, DEF 2019, remember Peter Dixon is one of our speakers at the annual conference. And there's just, you know, such a great overlap between our communities with awesome people like uh, Christy McGarry and Tyler Sweat, Brittany Martino, Enrique Odi, Patrick Warren, lots of names that, uh, that people in our community recognize and have worked with together. Um, this partnership is going to be all about leveraging events and networks to, to pursue both Steph's mission of culture change and then um, the broader kind of mission of con connecting entrepreneurs who are transforming uh, tech defense and national security, kind of bridging that gap between Silicon Valley and the DoD. So we've been excited to, to add them to uh, the portfolio of partners and to work with them, another you know, great mission-driven organization. And on the topic of tech and national security, I would like now to transition to our interview. Been looking forward to this one for several weeks. Um, so those who listen to the show, you know we've had several board members on uh, recently as guests. And today we have another board member, Chris Lynch, who you also know is the previous director of DDS and the founder and CEO of Rebellion Defense, which is a, a strong DEF partner. And uh, we are looking forward to um, talking both about um, his life and career um, and his time on the board and, and what he thinks about the future. So Mike, I'll hand it over to you to start the interview. Absolutely, Mike. Thanks for the handoff. Chris, thanks for, thanks for being with us today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited because I, I, I'm such a strong believer in the vision and the mission of DEF, and uh, this is exciting, so I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. I mean, and we talked about it earlier, but with your setup, I feel like we're really having a conversation with a real-life celebrity. This is the most, no one's going to see it, but this is the most impressive just camera rig setup I have seen in all these weeks of COVID telecommuting. It's truly impressive. But well, for those for those who can't see it, you can just imagine it is it's pretty amazing looking. So there you go. It's, it is. Um, so you know, we always start pretty much the same way. Uh, what was your first interaction with Def? What were your earliest memories? Who brought you on? And since then, how have those interactions evolved? Yeah. Um, so you know, years ago, I started Defense Digital Service and. In that time, I would have a number of people who would swing by and uh, what made 
Defense Digital Service so unique is that it wasn't really part of you know any specific office. So so we could go and look at problems across a wide array array of different things in the entire DoD. Uh, look at challenges or or things that that needed help and. I would have people come through and they everybody would would show up and and say something like oh you must be working with deaf i i would get that all the time i would get people asking me <laughs> if i was part of deaf and, and nobody actually here was the best part about it is they actually didn't even define what it was and the first couple times somebody was like oh are you part of deaf and i was like i don't even know what that is and um and then finally i was like what is what is deaf what is deaf and somebody said oh it's the defense entrepreneurs forum and 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 i was like no i like how what is it what does it do and in that so it was like a series of things that came from all over the place and uh what's funny about that is uh i met well, I met Mike actually uh, through that process years ago, and uh, and I spoke at one of the um, the annual conferences and talked about this idea of how to build an insurgency in a very very large organization, aka the Department of Defense, a very a very large thing, and. Uh, when, uh, and I had worked at some point with Morgan Plummer and I think that Mike and Morgan reached out and said, Hey, um, there's some alignment in the, in the, in what you, what your interests are. And there's such incredible people in deaf. And, um, I, I think that there's an opportunity to do something incredible here. So it, it was, I, I think just kindred spirits in this idea that we must do something uh, bigger and better with uh, with how we think about uh, solutions to problems and how we go about doing them and and how do we bring other people into that mission and how do we get people excited about the opportunity that they can change something that sometimes feels unwieldy or almost impossible to change and uh, and so that's my honestly it's I, I wish that there was like some thing where I was like oh it was such and such and it was it was it was like probably every few weeks people would be like, oh, you're like an innovation group, right? Like defense digital service is like an innovation group. And then and I'd say, well, but and, and not exactly, kind of, sort of, and in you know, just kind of evolved from there. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's interesting. I think you're one of the first people that has really talked to that and not had a single point of entry, but really had an entire immersive experience. And it seems like it almost engulfed <laughs> you at the time. <laughs> it, did. it was almost like people, it, it was like some kind of comedy skit where every few weeks somebody would show up and, and ask me if I was part of it or what I was doing with it. And they were like, and, and but they were like, but I loved how nonchalant everybody was. They were like, oh, you just are, you must be in depth or you must be doing something. So it was, just, <laughs> I was finally like, all right, I need to find out more about this. Like clearly I'm, I'm, I'm missing, uh, missing what this is. <laughs> oh, not necessarily missing because here you are now. So right. talking about that, that now, what, what's it been like for you being on, on the deaf bod? I mean, we've had a few members so far in the past few weeks and everybody has their own spin on what it, what it means to them and how their involvement leads to the organization. 
What's what's your perspective on not just being a BOD member, but being a BOD member who also participates in the deaf community? Yeah, um, you know, a, a couple of things. It, it, my perspective here is it really is about how do we how do we take this incredible mission how do we take this idea of of change and disruption and doing something different that the the maybe the way that we were doing it before isn't necessarily the way that we need to do it in the future and and how do we think about amplifying that message how do we make the deaf community a catalyst for that change? That gets me so unbelievably exciting, excited because I just think through, um, you know, there, there's so many people who are part of this thing. Um, and so, you know, my, my perspective is, hey, why don't we look at ways to, and what can I do to be a part of helping with strategic, uh, um, uh, activities and events and programs that we're going to do to to really unlock the potential of the people who are part of this to let them take uh, take this idea of change and 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 hopefully have orders of magnitude level impact on the things that they're doing across uh, their their view of the world because you know you can have you can have uh, senior leadership, you can have middle level leadership, you can have the people who are who are doing the work. If, if we don't have change agents at all uh, tiers of that, I think that it's going to be really hard. And I want to make sure that people feel like they have they have a, a community that they're part of that can support them. And I want to make sure that they have the information that they need in order to be successful because I'm not going to I'm not going to lie being disruptive and changing things sometimes feels pretty lonely and hard. And so uh, that's one of the things that drove me to want to want to join the, the, the deaf board. And that uh, that's sort of my perspective on how everything that I think through it. And I and I, I think that Mike could probably say more than anybody, I spent a lot of time talking about how do we amplify those voices? How do we how do we get their uh, their strength? How do we uh, uh, electrify them to even greater places than where they sit right now? And that's that's uh, a lot of what I what I hope that I can bring into this community. And you know, we're we're doing a lot. I, I run a company called Rebellion Defense, uh, which builds you know products, software products focused on you know, everything from all domain operations and then connecting different platforms and how uh, we do the mission of defense and national security. And, uh, and it, I think of this, this world, it's not just people on the inside, but it's also people who are part of the defense industrial base. It's part of the startups that don't even know that they need to be a part of this, this, uh, this, this work that we're doing in DEF. So uh, it's really about amplification and how do we bring in more people into the mission that we're doing here. You know, talking a little bit more about rebellion defense, how does that contribute? Can you elaborate a little more? You've talked about it being in this defense innovation sector, um, but what, what, what's the niche? How is it different than 
every everything else we see that comes in comes out what what is rebellion defenses corner of the the innovation in the dod yeah and when you look at the defense sector there's a couple things that i think everybody really understands right you've got incredible partners that have been on the hardware and manufacturing side for a very, very long time. You got incredible service and integrator partners that are, are trying to, to bring, uh, bring incredible people into, into defense and, and get them working on problems that really matter. But Rebellion was built around, I suppose, a little bit of this audacious idea that what if we were to build a software company that uh, you know, the tradecraft and software, building incredible products that are going to help defense and national security agencies uh, unlock the power of their data, uh, you know, fusing uh, the, the wide variety of different information that's coming off of the different platforms and the sensors that they have, uh, connecting it, organizing it, um, analyzing it, securing it so that they can make the people who are doing this mission that they can make far better decisions far faster than ever before and and how are you going to do that well you're just going to have to bring in some of the most incredible software engineering talent that quite honestly may not have known that they could play a part in this mission before and if you look at a lot of my time at defense digital service a lot of the things that i did were, hey, let's, let's bring in incredible people into this mission, people who don't know that they can be helpful here, right? I actually think that there's so many people out uh, around this country who are working on software to have a robot deliver a salad that quite honestly could be working on something that's far more important and can push the boundaries of where we sit and make us competitive in this future state of you know, what people call all domain operations, but it really is about great power conflict in the future against adversaries that are quite different than those who came before. So what if we built a company that we could attract some of that incredible talent and put them into a place where they actually had the ability to, to create the software and the technology in order to pull that, that vision together? And that's what rebellion is. And, you know, we, we've been really fortunate. We've got incredible people, right? We, we've just been able to attract uh, people who built some of the largest platforms and systems uh, that are operating and connecting and uh, uh, running some of the, 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 the largest systems in the entire world uh, who have come to help build the things that we're doing specifically just focused on defense and national security. Uh, and then on top of that, we've got an amazing board of advisors, Eric Schmidt, um, uh, is on our board of directors. We've got uh, Nick Bime, we've got from over at Venrock, we've got Touch Line over at Kleiner Perkins and James Murdoch uh, from Bluebine. We've just been able to, quite honestly, I, I think of it as a, a little bit of like bringing the Avengers together for perhaps the most important mission that there is. And that's the, uh, the defense, of, defense of national security. I mean, that's, that's incredible. I can't even imagine how you guys go about and handle, um, you know, recruitment I'm sure that's a, a fun, fun event, trying to find the best of the best and convince them that the D, DOD isn't so bad. <laughs> so here's so, the thing, though, and, and I think that everybody who's part of DEF knows this. Um, anything that is hard is, is going to be worth it, right? If it was easy, somebody else would have solved it before. But it, it's up to us. 
That's why we show up because the mission does matter. Even if it's hard, it's okay. And that's how I brought incredible people into defense digital service, but I would convince them to come for, you know, six months to a year. Here, we can build something extraordinary and enduring. And I think that that's really important. It has that mission at the heart. Absolutely. So a little bit more about not just rebellion defense, but the role with death. Um, how, where, where's the overlap? I mean, there is, we've talked about an existing partnership, but what, what does that look like for, for deaf members? And when can, they, when can they leverage that and make those uh, communication points with you guys? Yeah, it, one of the things we've been doing is a, a lot around this, this idea of uh, the world has changed this year, right? The, the, the world has, has been unexpected and very different and difficult. And there's been a lot of things that have, that have been a hardship for so many, so many people. But it doesn't mean that the mission of defense and national security stops, right? Um, even in the even in the midst of a global pandemic and all the challenges that we have, we still have to do this mission. So when you think about it, what are the things that we thought we understood that have broken down? How do we communicate? How do we work? How do we, how do we interact with each other? How do we do simple things like meetings and make decisions and understand what people talked about? All those things are thrown into the mix in, in many parts of defense and national security, right? Because maybe you had to be in a skiff the day before, right? Maybe uh, you don't have access to the VPN because, um, you know, the network is unbelievably slow and very, very hard to access and like things don't work anymore, right? Um, I think that the magic of, of, of if, there's a, if there's a silver lining the magic is how do we take the things that the private sector has done, the software and technology companies have figured out a long time ago, how do we work, how do we interact, how do we connect, and, and bringing those into this, this area that we call defense and national security, bringing those in, and breaking down barriers that we perhaps couldn't get around the, you know, uh, the year before. And so a lot of the work that at Rebellion that we've been doing with DEF is around this idea of, hey, how do we work together? How do we get around that? How do we, how do we have a strategic partnership where we can take the, these, these best lessons, bring, bring, bring people together and think about what the, that future looks like so that we can hopefully implement those things and make this a, a moment not where we look back and just say, hey, it was really hard because it was a difficult time. But we can actually say, well, what we did though is we changed and we made ourselves move a lot faster because we had to, and we did it by learning around what industry is doing. And so a lot of the work that we've been doing uh, from Rebellion to with the incredible deaf community is, is really focused around this idea of what's, what does work look like? Where is it gonna go? How's it gonna function? How do we take the best things that are out today and bring those into these, uh, in, into these problem sets? You know, I think you hit it right on the nose saying that it, it's, it's difficult. It's working in this environment in the government in the DOD in particular is difficult and, and nobody really just does it on a Wednesday. They don't decide to do it. So was there, was there a single point that brought you in here that made you think that this was something worth doing? What is it that originally put uh, defense and public service in general on your radar? 
It was on a Tuesday. Um, so, uh, <laughs> the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the honest answer to that is that, uh, this has been an unexpected, uh, delightful, frustrating, incredible detour in my life. Um, one of the most incredible things I've ever done in, in my entire life. And I, and I don't want to use that word lightly. Uh, it truly has changed me and who I am, but it was unexpected and it was a detour. I don't come from a background in, in either federal government or, or military. My story begins in the most, um, sort of, um, unceremonious ways where uh, somebody reached out and said, hey, you, you need to go meet somebody on a Friday. Uh, and, and I was like, sure, I thought it was gonna, I thought I was actually gonna be meeting with another entrepreneur out in the Seattle area. And I had been working in startups and had run software companies for, and software teams for most of my life. Um, it turned out that that was the chief technology officer over at the, at the White House at the time. And that person is an is a extraordinary entrepreneur um, uh, who has just built some incredible, enduring companies. And that person convinced me to come out for 45 days. And those 45 days that I came as a, as a, on a lark, on a visit from Seattle, I worked on medical record transfer from DOD to VA. And in one week we did something um, that uh, literally would fundamentally change somebody's life. And in some cases would, would save their lives with one week's worth of work. And I was like, how is it that a software engineer, a nerd can show up and not know anything about this? And you can do one week's worth of work and then somebody's life is changed, that their families' lives are changed. And, I, and they're never gonna know my name and I'm never gonna know their name. Um, but something so profound, how is that possible that you can do a week's worth of work? And, um, and at the end of my 45 days, uh, uh, Todd Park, who was the CTO at the time, uh, said, you know, there's one, one other person I want you to meet. And, uh, and Ash Carter, and who was Secretary of Defense at the time, uh, uh, bought my idea that what if we were to have a SWAT team, SWAT team interns come in, something different, right? It was kind of the, the, the DOD spin on United States Digital Service, which is what I would have been brought out to join and, and worked on the medical record transfer. Um, and I, I found that to be such a powerful thing. So um, what caused that is that, hey, you can have a profound impact. There's a one to many thing here that is so big, so important, so unlike anything else in the world. And I truly believe that if you just push unbelievably hard and not everybody's going to love the things that you say not everybody's going to love the things that you do but if you push you can do incredible things the most unexpected small uh team of nerds can do some incredible things here and i think that that's pretty powerful and special it absolutely is and you know like like so many people in this community it's the more the more everyone gets around you find that really good people are also trying their hardest to reach out and find other great people so it's it, it's it's good to hear a nice story like that where it, like like you're saying it's not that you were involved in this 
um, community in the beginning, uh, somebody recognized your value and your commitment, and that has made a lasting role in this sector. Um, so, you know, carry that on. This is truly terrific. Um, I, 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 there's so much about this I didn't know that this is, this is great. Um, but for, for the future, what do you see, given your background, your roles, and all the other groups you've been a part of, what do you see as being kind of the future of DEF as an organization? Where, where are we heading? What, what are we going to encounter? And uh, where, where do you see it? And I don't know, we can go 5, 10, 15 years. Um, I'm pretty bad at predicting what I'm going to eat for dinner tonight. So I'll, I'll be a little bit more <laughs> short term than 5, 10, 15 years. But I will say this. Um, don't, I, 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 I think that it's important that the deaf community not get caught up in trying to be so innovative that we forget that what we need to do is find beachheads, stepping stones, and build our way to places that are much better than where we are now. But it always is a journey. And a lot of times the people who came before us who failed in getting us there, they saw the place that they wanted to head, but they tried to go too fast, too far, too soon, too big. And so I think that there's something incredible and magical about finding a place that we want to go and then uh, building our way there. And so uh, to answer your, your question, maybe a little bit more specifically is let's be that, let's be that, that, that organization that somebody says when they walk into uh, the future version of me one day, right? And they're saying, and they say, hey, are you, do you know deaf? Are you, you must be part of deaf. That that person is like, oh, of course I am because I've already heard about it, right? It's us, up to us to create that place and tell that story, right? And I think the other thing is, is that we should be that place, those change agents, those disruptors. Don't get so caught up in innovation. Right. I, I always tell people innovation is probably one of my least favorite words in the in the world, not because of the fact that innovation itself is so bad, but if that's your target, you're going to miss it because you can't start there. Instead, let's build that thing, something that's better, something that's different. Let's disrupt what is there right now. And when we identify that we're going to have to disrupt something, we know what we're trying to change. I like things that have meat on them, right? Years ago, I had a, um, I had a, uh, another entrepreneur who was giving me advice when I was starting my first software company. And um, he said this thing that has stuck with me forever. He said, you know, there's sizzle and there's steak. I love the smell of sizzle, but I can only eat steak. And don't ever forget that. So what your job to, as an entrepreneur, your job, your thing that you have to do is deliver steak, not sizzle. Don't get lost in it. And if I could say that the thing that what I want to see is that all of these activities, these things that we're doing, that we understand where we're going and we understand that that's innovative and those things are important, but we see that it comes from hard work, change, and quite honestly, sometimes some struggles and some challenges and some disruption. And not everybody's going to love it when you go along with it. But I think that we can all agree that if we don't do that, then we're going to miss that place that we want to go. And we're going to always talk about it as a future state. 
So what do I want? Where do I see deaf going? What does it look like in 20, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes or whatever, or years? Um, I think it's a place where the greatest people come together to agree that there's a better uh, place that we're going to build uh, with one another. We're going to disrupt the things that we think need to be changed. And, and people will know that they have to be a part of that. They have to be a part of it because that's the community to be a part of, right? If Silicon Valley is built around the idea, well, in a pre-pandemic world that you could go to a coffee shop and we do these meetings at the coffee shop, imagine the deaf is that, right? It's that community of people, the greatest people that, that we can bring together in order to, to know that these are the people that I wanna stand side by side with. So that's what I think that we are. I don't, I don't know if I directly answered your question, but I think of it as a, it's, it's a feeling, it's a concept, it's a, it's, a, it's a vision of something greater than what we have today. No, and I mean, that is honestly really inspirational, talking earlier about how difficult it is in this sector for everybody, but just taking baby steps is good enough. And I, I truly think that that is a great message to convey. And you don't always need to be looking for what is the innovation, what is the change, but doing it little by little along the way. Real inspirational. And overall, I think that's a great way to uh, transition out of this. So thank you so much, Chris. This was a wonderful interview. Really appreciate your time today. And thanks for, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And uh, I, I'm so excited about what we're all doing here. So let's do more of it. Absolutely. Um, thanks again. And Mike, I think let's, uh, let's have you bring it home, brother. All right. Um, that was a pretty profound interview, a lot of wise words. And, and like you said, Mike, an inspiring story. So um, I'll echo the, the thanks to Chris for joining us and for sharing that. Um, and for, you know, what you're doing on the board directors day. And dignity. Uh, thanks to those who, who tuned into this podcast episode and um, our, our usual ending disclaimers that there are plenty more things happening all over death than what we could talk about today in this wrap up episode. So um, we hope this at least encouraged you to get more involved to join the discussions that are happening all over. Um, and you know, with, with Chris's vision um, to roll up your sleeves and build, build the better world that we, we want to, to journey to. So we've been your hosts, Mike Madrid, Mike Picota. Uh, and our guest, Chris Lynch, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye. Thanks for taking the time to listen. We love ideas and feedback, so feel free to send your thoughts to hello at deaf.org. For more great content and to stay in the loop about community events and activities, follow us on social media and subscribe to our monthly newsletter. Everyone plays a part in building the innovative national security culture we want to see. To find where you fit, just go to def.org slash join. That's def.org slash join.